welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, welcome everyone. Happy Easter. Easter 2020. I bet you never thought that you'd be celebrating Easter like this. I don't think anybody thought that. Um, You know, it's an opportunity as much as it's a challenge, but we're excited. It's Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. Good Friday was good, but Sunday is even greater because without a resurrection, we wouldn't even even have the opportunity to have the faith that we have. So thank God that Jesus was resurrected on the third day today. We're celebrating it. I want to encourage you, wherever you're watching from, take a little video of this, uh, of what, where you're watching from and tag myself and tag K, at KC Ottawa on Instagram. Let us know where you're watching from, who you're watching with, and uh, we'd love to just celebrate with you and feel a little bit more connected. I know that this is a, this is a season where social media is everything. Social media is everything. Online platforms is everything as far as connecting. Although we're social distancing, we're still digitally connecting. So we love you. We miss you. I miss all of you, all the Kingdom Culture family, as well as those that are extended family that are tuning in with us from around the nation, as well as North America and the globe. We welcome you. We welcome you in. And if you're new with us this morning, watching for the first time, connecting with with us for the first time, we want you to feel at home, um, engage in the chat room. We have some of our team ready to pray with you. If you have any requests, just hit the link or even uh, email us at prayer at kingdomculture.ca. We are believing with you in this season that the best will come out of this season in your life, in your family life, in your personal life, and in all facets of your life. And so engage in the chat room. We'd love to connect with you. And also, my wife and I will will be hosting a virtual lobby at the end of this experience on Instagram live. So tune in with us live on Instagram uh, after uh, after this experience this morning. We're gonna have a virtual lobby hangout, chat with you, and uh, just hang out, have a good time with you. So happy Easter. Happy, happy Easter. Um, It's exciting because today not only marks that we are, uh, you know, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, but it also marks the beginning of a 12-week series on April 12th, celebrating 12 weeks uh, of a a new series called Revive 2020. And my prayer in this next, over this next 12 weeks, is that you would be revived in areas where you feel dull, that you would be revived in areas where you feel like you're struggling, that you would be revived in areas where you feel like you're maybe hopeless, your finances will be revived, your your personal life in so many ways will be revived, your spiritual life, your family life, your, your marriage, so many elements of your life, maybe the passion that you had 
for your job that, that you, you kind of lost over the last season. Maybe this quarantine is going to be a, a season where your, your passion is revived for what it is that you do. Or, or maybe God's going to open up new doors for you out of this quarantine that you're going to come into. And there's going to be a revival of just refreshed hope again that uh, you're going to love once again what you do. Whatever the case may be, we're believing, especially for areas of our spiritual life, that there would be a revived spirit, that you would have a new heart to get into the word, a new heart to pray, a new heart to spend time with your family, to, to lead your kids better, to love your wife, your husband better, to, to uh, you know honor those that are in leadership in your life better. Whatever the case may be, that that you would have a revived spirit in this season. There's a scripture that kind of is the baseline for the next 12 weeks, the next 12 weeks that we're going to dive into this series. And it's Psalms 85 verse 6. It says, revive us again, O God. Revive us again. You only need to be revived if you feel like a part of you is dead. You only need to be revived if things in your life have become dulled out. You only need revival when there are things that need to be revived. I mean, it's common sense, but I think that there's so many areas in our life that could use a little bit of revival right now. So many areas in our life that could use a little bit of hope and, and faith and energy and strength. He says, revive us again, the psalmist says, oh God, I know you will. Then this, this next phrase is so key. He says, give us a fresh start. That's what it's all about. When you're revived again and your, your energy is renewed in specific areas, it's like you get a fresh start. I believe as a prophetic declaration over you in this season, that quarantine, this season of quarantine is simply a setup for a fresh start, a fresh start. Then it says this, then all your people will taste your joy and gladness. Then all your people will taste your joy and gladness. You know, ultimately, when you're revived and you're renewed and you're energized, joy and gladness is the overflow. That's what we're praying in this season. You know, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we're strong and no longer weak, when we're strong, we have the strength of God in our lives. Whatever we touch gets stronger. If we have the strength of God, and the strength of God is only a result of the joy of the Lord in our lives. The joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is our strength. And I'm believing that in this season, as God revives you, and he energizes you, and re-energizes you, that you would have a newfound joy for your relationship with God. A newfound joy that it would not be this religious game. It would not be this routine, this ritual. But in this season, although you maybe have lost everything, Maybe everything is up in the air. Everything's been shaken that can be shaken. But the one thing that cannot be shaken and remain strong is the relationship that you have with God. Everything else around you can shake, but this one thing, this one thing when it's revived, this one thing when there's joy at the forefront, this one thing when there's strength that cannot be shaken is your relationship with God. And that's my prayer that in this season of quarantine, you would have a personal revival a personal revival in so many areas of your life. I, I believe that this quarantine is all across the board re revealing to us uh, an awareness of areas of our life where we've let 
areas get dull. Let specific areas get dull. Specific areas get calloused. And, and we've gotten bored with areas of our life. I just believe that in this season, God's going to do an amazing, amazing thing. You know, it's no coincidence that back in the beginning of March, the very beginning, even actually the end of May, we decided to, on April 12th, coming out of our What to Expect When Expecting series in March, uh, out of April 12th, the week after our 12-year celebration, that on April 12th, for 12 weeks, we would start a series called Revive 2020. This was before quarantine ever happened. This is before self-isolation and social distancing was a major thing. We had no idea. We had planned this. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, like, you know, is it is it because I had this whole plan. I had like we all do. I had a whole plan. I had an expectation of what it was going to look like. We were going to have different guests in and different speakers talking about different topics. I had this whole plan. And it's almost like when, when this whole quarantine thing happened, I began to question. I'm like, God, like, was that you? Was should we have, you know, is this supposed to happen still? Do we do this revive three month series, you know, it, you know, uh, uh, that we were planning to do on April 12th? And I felt like, yeah. It was always the plan. It was always the plan to do this while we were in isolation. It was always the plan to do this while we were in quarantine. Why? I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you why. I believe that God has shown me why this is actually even better. Because there are things that are happening in the home. In fact, public victory in life is always a direct result of private breakthrough. And this is a season where God is highlighting the privacy of our lives. He's highlighting the personal part of our lives. That it's, you know, we, we have this idea that it's all about the platform and it's all about what people see. But it's really about what nobody sees that actually is the most important. That gives us or paves the way for what everybody sees. It's what nobody sees in life that actually paves the way for what everybody sees. And I just believe that in this season of quarantine, there are things that are happening in your heart and are going to happen in your heart, that when you come out of isolation, you come out of quarantine, that I believe God is going to do an amazing thing of launching you out and thrusting you in. It's funny because literally in the beginning of January, God, God spoke to me this word, coming out of isolation. And so I began writing a message in the beginning of January entitled, Coming Out of Isolation. It was, I think it was the first week of January. And I actually kind of, I put it off. I feel like it wasn't for now. I know now that as we come out of this next season, I know it's a word that when we come out of isolation, there is going to be a revival in the heart, a revival in some of the things that have become dull in our life. We're going to be better as a result of it in Jesus' name. And so if you're taking notes today on Resurrection Sunday, which I hope you are, get out your notepad, get out your phone. Um, I'd love to give you something to take away today. And uh, my message title this morning is Quarantined for Revival. Quarantined for Revival. Wombs and Tombs. We're talking about wombs and tombs in this message this morning. And how I believe, like I've been saying, that we are quarantined for revival. That this is what God is saying. I want to pray. God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that you're going to do something that only you can do. I thank you that on Resurrection Sunday, God, the only time that probably this has ever happened in history was 2,000 years ago on this day 
when the disciples were fearing for their lives, not sure what was going to happen, went back to their old ways, went back to their old lifestyles. Their master, Jesus, was dead, hadn't resurrected yet. They didn't know what was going on. They were hopeless. They were scared. They literally were in a state of quarantine. It's probably the only other time where people were in this state of quarantine 2,000 years ago, and here we are today. There's never been a time in history, God, and I know that it's a, it's a, it's a moment that you, are, you have set up, God, to give us something great. And I pray in this season, God, that you would mark this season with great revival, a great revived heart, a new energy for life, God, that something great would come out of this season. We are quarantined for revival, and I pray, God, whether we're in the womb of preparation and revelation or the tomb of death and resurrection, that, God, you would literally give us what we need in this season to overcome and come out of it even stronger in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just believe, I almost called this message the, the, the womb and tomb of quarantine because I believe that there are two categories of people and you're either living, you're living, you're, you're living one of two different things. Either you're in the womb of, of, of preparation and revelation or you are in the tomb of death and resurrection. I'm going to break this down today. I'm going to break this down using two different stories about the womb, the womb of preparation and revelation, and the tomb of death and resurrection. So track with me here. But I believe that that we are in one of these two one of these two different categories. Number one. Number one is preparation and revelation. I want to break this down. There's a story found in Luke chapter one. It's actually, there's like 40 verses. I'm not going to read them to you, but it's Luke chapter one, verse five to 45. And I'm going to just read pieces of it. But basically it's the story where the angel Gabriel, now the angel Gabriel Okay, he was a messenger angel. He was an angel that would show up in seasons of great transition. And I just believe that this is a season of great transition. And I also believe Hebrews 1.14 says that the angels are ministering spirits sent to those who are heirs of salvation. So there are angels that are assigned to us to assist us and strengthen us in seasons. When Jesus was struggling in Matthew 4 in the garden or in the wilderness for 40 days, at the end of that journey, an angel came and strengthened him. When Jesus was struggling in the garden of Gethsemane, wanting to give up, an angel of glory, it says, came and strengthened him. Angels come to give strength, but also angels come to announce great transitions and here Gabriel the Bible says that he's one who sits in the presence of God comes and while Zachariah Zachariah is married to Elizabeth the cousin okay and this is and this is why John the Baptist is cousins with Jesus okay there's a relation they're they're relatives okay so Zachariah and Elizabeth are married and uh, they're old in age. They don't think they're going to have kids. Zechariah is serving in the temple, doing his priestly duties one day. He's old. They haven't had kids. They're believing for kids. And an angel comes to Zechariah in the temple and says, you're going to have a kid. It's going to be great. This kid is going to prepare the way for the Lord. He's going to, pre- he's going to represent preparation. He's going to prepare the way for Jesus. I know they're, they're going to be related, but he's going to prepare. There's a connection. There's a connection. And the angel announces that, that this, this, uh, that this boy, John, you're going to name him John, is going to do great things. And John, actually the word, the name John means the grace of God, that God is gracious, represents grace. Grace always paves the way for truth. Grace paves the way for us to be able to live out the life that we are called to live. And so it says this in chapter one, verse 15 of chapter of Luke, 
for he will be great. Speaking of John, this is the angel, Gabriel, speaking to Zechariah, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. So while he's in the womb, he'll be filled, he'll leap, he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, verse 16. And he will turn many Israelites to their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He'll prepare the way. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Now this is huge because one of the main mandates, you see it written in here, is yes, Jesus will prepare the way, but he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Interesting, that's exactly what Jesus' death and resurrection did. It, was, it literally was a sign that the, the father's heart was turned towards their children. The fact that the law had done its thing, that no more were sacrifices going to work, sacrificing animals, the blood sacrifices, it wasn't going to work, that Jesus, who John said was the lamb of God, would be the last lamb that would ever be sacrificed to literally break the wall of isolation between us and our creator. That John would prepare the way to set up Jesus, to introduce a whole new covenant so and so this is the thing and in that we see i mean we read it in first corinthians where it talks about how you know we have a a new ministry now it's the ministry of reconciliation that when we let jesus into our life we've been reconciled back to god as a father that where where jesus is a reflection of the heart of the father turns turn towards his children and the children's heart turned towards the father and if you heard my chat this week with teofilo hayashi on instagram live Um, which, by the way, I'd encourage you to join us on Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. for uh, our Instagram Lives. It's a great way to interact. But if you heard my chat with Teofilo Hayashi, he talked about one of the things that he feels like God is doing in this season is just that. And he referenced the chapter in Malachi where it talks about the hearts of the children turning to the, the father and the father to the children. And that in this season of isolation, I mean, we have no choice but to deal with our junk when it comes to our parents, or, or, you know, our fathers to their children. Like, we have, we have an opportunity as families to work through our heart stuff in this season, which is always hard stuff. Everything that's in the heart is usually hard. Heart stuff is hard stuff, and hard stuff is heart stuff. And so that's one of the things that God is doing in this season. It's about family, restoring family, restoring forgiveness and, and releasing our parents and parents releasing their kids and, and reconciliation happening in this season. You watch, families are going to come out of this stronger. Yes, I know there's some families that are, it's like going down even a worse path, but I believe that even in the worst of situations that God is still a redeeming God and God can do the impossible. And maybe you're one of those families that's struggling right now. My prayer for you is that there would be a restoration and a reconciliation in this season of isolation in Jesus' name. And so we see John, John represents preparation. John represents preparation. He's going to be, you know, in the womb of Elizabeth. Elizabeth, as the mother of John, is carrying preparation, carrying preparation. And then it says in verse 18 to 20, you can read it. It says that Zachariah said, how can I be sure, to to the angel Gabriel, how can I be sure this is going to happen? How can I be sure that this is actually going to be? And uh, the angel actually kind of got a little upset. He said, because you didn't believe, 
you're not going to be, you're, gonna, you're not going to talk until your baby is born. You're not, you're, not, you're going to be on mute until your baby is born. And I just believe that this is a season where we have no choice but to believe the word of the Lord. Like, and that, you know, sometimes in life, because we have not believed, it's like life goes on mute. Life gets silent. And God's like waiting. Hey, you didn't believe the last thing I told you. The reason why there's silence, the reason why you're not connecting, the reason why you're wondering and looking for the next word, the next insight, the next, you know, step of wisdom. And, and you're, the, the reason why you're not getting it is because you didn't believe in the last step I gave you. You didn't believe in the last word that I gave you. I believe God is speaking and God has spoken. And it's this type of a season where I believe God is highlighting all the things I've spoken to you in the past season, it's time to lean into them. It's time to press into them. It's time to position ourselves in areas of our life where we're frustrated and say, God, what have you spoken that maybe I've not applied in this season? What have you said that I've not applied? I've been, you know, working in my own effort, trying to, trying, try, trying to get more confirmation for the things that you've already spoken and confirmed to me. This is a season where you're leaning in and just doing the things that God has already spoken to you. And then the, the next part of this, the next wound we're talking about is found in Luke chapter 1, just a few verses later, in verse 35. The same angel visits Mary, okay? The same angel visits Mary now, the mother of Jesus, and says this when the angel comes. Actually, the angel comes and says, basically saying to Mary, hey, you, you're favored. Like, God's eyes are on you, Mary. And this is what the angel says. The Holy Spirit, in verse 35, will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. This is the revelation. So you have two wombs, one womb of preparation and one womb of revelation. And maybe that's you. Maybe right now in this season, you are in the womb. This quarantine season is like the womb of preparation and revelation. You cannot have one without the other. But often what happens in the season of preparation before you have a revelation, which means an, a, an unveiling of what God actually is doing in your life, before you have that, often you have doubt, you have unbelief, you're wrestling through fear, you're wrestling through unknowns, just like Zechariah did, the, you know, John the Baptist's dad. You know, he, he wrestled with, how do I know this is going to happen? How do I know? But Jesus represents the revelation, and they're connected. And if you read right after, if you read right after, they can continue reading actually all along all the way till past verse 45, you'll see that six months into Elizabeth's journey of being pregnant she of course she got pregnant uh like right away and she went into a six month uh she, she was six months pregnant and mary comes along after this encounter after she has the encounter with the angel gabriel as well gabriel says you're going to have a baby you'll be with child he'll be called the son of god mary visits in judea comes and visits her relative elizabeth and the moment they come into contact with each other the moment they come into contact with each other the baby within Elizabeth leaps within her and all of a sudden she's filled with the Holy Spirit and she's like, wow, like what's going on? Like there's something so precious, something so amazing. Right away she knew, right away she knew that both babies were connected in destiny, both babies. Because in the season of the womb, the things that take place are preparation and revelation. And when they connect, when you get the revelation while you're in a season of preparation, 
You're gonna come out of isolation strong. You're gonna come out of isolation. New life represents new life. And some of you, you're, this is a season where you're being like incubated. You're being prepared. And God is speaking to you. And God is revealing to you. And God is filling you and overwhelming you with his reminders of his goodness and his kindness. And it's funny because in verse 45, in verse 45, Elizabeth says this statement. It wasn't the same reality for Zachariah. Zachariah was confronted with his unbelief. Mary, she believed. She believed. And this is what it says in verse 45. Elizabeth says to Mary, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. I believe that as you are in this season, that you're going to see the blessing of God come on you in a real way, in a powerful way. And I believe God is saying over you in this season that there's going to be a blessing that comes because you believe, because you've leaned in to the preparation process. You've leaned into the revelation that I've given you, the insight that I've given you for the season. That you know, it's all about family. It's all about your marriage. It's all about preparing the next career move. It's all about you know a season of prayer for you. It's all about getting into the Word. Whatever God has already shown you or is going to show you, once you get a hold of that and you lean into it, I believe there's a blessing that falls because of it. There's something that happens when we lean into the promises of God that we are already blessed. Ephesians says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. But when we lean into that reality and renew our minds to actually think it and believe it, we will go through the preparation process and we will get the revelation that he wants to give us in this in this great season, you are blessed because you believed. You're blessed because you believed. I, I just believe it's a season of visitation. I, I you know, I, I said this earlier about how there was no coincidence that in a season where we were going into on April 12th, going to launch this new series called Revive 2020 for three months, that we might be even in a quarantine state total for up to three months. I mean, I have no idea how it's going to, how it's going to go down. I just know for me and my household, I just see this word manifesting in my family. I mean, I feel like there is a crazy uh, spirit, a presence of God that's resting and hovering over my home in this season. I mean, my kids are getting it. I mean, it's crazy. Like every day we are feeling and experiencing the presence of God together, dreams and encounters and just moments where God's presence is, is realized and, and I know it's a season of family I know it's a season of restoring and reviving the family and, and God visiting the family God visit, I know Bob Jones had a word about this 2020 season in the decade of 2020 that it would be a decade of revival of family you know and, and it's not, no coincidence that before God breaks out around the world that God is focusing on the home. He's focusing on the family. He's focusing on the inner life of the individual, the personal life of the individual. It's no coincidence, you guys. It's a Godcidence that God is doing what he's doing and allowing us to go through this process. Now, here's the thing. I remember, I remember back in 2004, around 2004, or maybe it was 2005, somewhere in that window, it was about 16 years ago, I was in my bedroom praying, and I, I fell into a trance. You know, Acts 10, chapter 10, 10, verse 10, you can read it. Peter on the house shot, he falls into a trance. A trance is like a dreamlike state, but you're actually awake. You fall into a trance is a state of being that you fall into to have an experience. And I fell into a trance in my bedroom as I was praying, and all of a sudden my bedroom filled up with like, smoke, a cloud of smoke. 
It was a cloud of smoke. And I remember it filled up my entire bedroom and I saw it filling up my bedroom. And then all of a sudden I saw it shifting and I saw it going underneath the door, the, the, the little space beneath the door between the carpet and the door. And I saw the, the, the smoke, literally the cloud going underneath the door into the hallway and into the home and out. And God spoke to me very clearly in this experience and said, Sean, this is how revival begins. It begins in the home. It begins in your personal life. If you want to see people touched and revived and set free and resurrected into new life, it's got to start in the home. The private victories of your life pave the way for the public platforms you were called to influence from. And I believe that this is what's being highlighted in this season. And my prayer is that the the glory, the, the presence of God would so hit your home in a real way in this season, your families, your marriages, your personal life. If you're single out there, that this would be a season where your roots go even deeper in your relationship with God and that you would have an experience that when you come out of quarantine, when you come out of isolation, not only are you revived, but everything you touched after Will, be, will get revived. Everything you touch will get energized. Everything you touch will be, will, will experience the joy that now you have. Like I said in uh, Psalms 85, that you would revive us again, uh, again, oh God. Give us a fresh start that we may toast, that, that your pe- people may taste, toast, people may taste the, the goodness and the joy of God. This is what's happening in this season. That's my prayer for you, is that you would get a revelation in the womb of this season, in the quarantine of this season, a revelation of the preparation that God is doing in and through your life and the revelation of his goodness and his kindness and his awesomeness of his miraculous creative power that in this season you would have a personal revival. That is my prayer for you and that we would call out, you know, there's a story in Luke chapter 17 of 10 lepers who were in isolation. They were considered the unclean of society. They they kind of, were in a similar situation. They lived, I mean, leper colonies. They, there were colonies of lepers where they, they were the outcasts of society. They, they could not connect with normal society because of the skin disease that they had. And, and, uh, and they, they still exist today, you guys, around the world, leper colonies. They still exist today because of the infectious disease and the, the, the ability to transmit it and spread it. And uh, in this day, it was a normal thing. And these, these people had a lot of issues. They, were in, they lived in isolation. They lived in fear. They lived feeling unloved. They lived feeling uh, unembraced and not cared for. And it says in Luke chapter 17 that as Jesus was pressing towards Jerusalem, in verse 11, taking the road, taking a road that went along the border between Samaria, which was undesirable territory, and Galilee, on the outskirts of the border of town along this road, he was greeted from a distance by a group of 10 people who were under quarantine. It says under quarantine because of an ugly and disgusting skin disease known as coronavirus. No, known as leprosy. Lepers shouting across the distance, Jesus, they were shouting from the distance, Jesus, master, show mercy to us. Mercy is giving us, not giving us what we do deserve. And that's attention. We don't deserve attention. Not giving us rejection. Jesus, go now, present yourselves. This is what Jesus said to them. Go now, present yourselves to the priests for inspection of your disease. They went before they reached the priest. Their skin disease was healed, leaving no trace of the disease that scarred them and separated them from community. Here's the thing. 
the thing that broke them through, the thing that they, the reason why they got breakthrough is because they called out to Jesus. They approached Jesus in the midst of their isolation, in the midst of their quarantine state. They saw an answer. They saw a solution. And here's the thing, you guys, like it's horrible and it's sad that in times like this, this is the time when people actually reach out to God for the first time. It's sad that in seasons like this, that on even resurrection Sundays like this, sometimes is the only time people connect to church. It's amazing that it happens, but it's also sad that throughout the whole year, it's like they disconnect, but hey, I'm going to come to church on Sunday. And maybe that's you watching right now. And if that is you, we welcome you. But my encouragement to you and my reminder to you is that God is the God of every day. He's not the God of Easter, not the God of Christmas. He's the God of the every day. And he wants to be in your life. He wants to be in your everyday life. You know, it was the, there was a religious sect called the Sadducees. There was the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the day of Jesus. The Sadducees, they didn't believe that God was involved in everyday affairs. And they also didn't believe in the resurrection. They had a religious way of looking at God. They didn't believe that God was involved in the everyday. And I just believe that God wants to break this religious mindset that, you know, we come to church twice a year and that's okay. God wants to connect with you every day. He wants to be there for you every day. He wants you to open up your heart every day to him. He is the God, not just of crisis, but he is the God when things are going good. He's not just the God of the coronavirus when you're in, you know, in the season of the coronavirus and all of a sudden like you're talking to him and you're reaching out to him. He wants to be the God when you're doing good and the God when you're doing bad in and through your life. And these 10 lepers, they called out to God. And it says that as they went, as they took a step, as they took a step listening to the voice of God, Jesus said, go present yourself to the priest. I believe that in this season, as you call out to God, and as God speaks to you the revelation while you're in preparation, as you take a step, God's going to restore you. God's going to heal you. Maybe God's saying to you right now, start that business. Maybe God's saying to you, reach out to your mom, forgive your mom, forgive your dad, you know, forgive your brother, whatever the case may be. Maybe God's speaking to you to, to focus on your marriage, to focus on your kids. Maybe God's speaking to you to, to finish that education that you started now, you can do online during this time. Whatever the thing is that God is speaking to you, I don't know. But as you step out, like the 10 lepers did, on their way to the priest, it was a three-day journey, on their way, they were healed. And as you go on your way in this season of quarantine, in this season of listening to God, as you step out, I believe God's gonna heal you. He's gonna revive you. He's gonna restore you. Think about it. They're healing the healing of these 10 lepers meant a revival in their life, a revival of hope, a revival of perspective, a revival of love. I'm actually loved. Like now I can rejoin. I can join society again. I've been disconnected on quarantine for, for years, five years, 10 years. I've been on quarantine. Now I can rejoin, rejoin society as a normal human being. I mean, imagine what would have taken place in the mindset of those lepers in that time frame because of one miracle, of one miracle of restoration in and through their lives. And so maybe you find yourself in the season in the womb of preparation and revelation, or maybe you find yourself, number two, my next point, my last point, maybe you find yourself in the tomb of death and resurrection. I want you to ask yourself this season, what is dying? What is supposed to die and what is dying in your life? 
Maybe the trust that you've had and the, 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 the focus you've had so much and the love you've had for money in your life and all of a sudden economically everything's shaking and you realize, man, I actually loved money more than God. I actually put more emphasis on my money than I did on God. Or maybe it's, you know, you've sacrificed things in your life and now, you know, you're, you're realizing that your priorities were off and maybe there's things that are dying in your life so that you can focus on the right things in your life. Maybe in this season, insecurity is going to die. Maybe addiction is going to die. Pride's going to die. Fear, lack, doubt, unbelief, regret. These are some things that I believe that I believe in quarantine, God is giving self-awareness onto us and is saying, I want those things to die. So when you come out of isolation, you're resurrected as a new person. That no longer do those things have a grip on you. See, death had a grip on Jesus. When he was in the tomb before resurrection, death had a grip on Jesus, but it wasn't the end. Death did not win, but for three days, it appeared like it was winning. For three days, he had to die. He had to die, but to die, to die meant your freedom. To die meant, you know, the wall of isolation between us and God breaking down. But without the resurrection, we'd have no ability to have faith. Our faith would be useless. First Corinthians chapter 15, you can read it, that without a resurrection, it's not an allegory. Without a resurrection, our faith would be useless. Without the resurrection of the dead, Jesus would have been like every other guy who just died and stayed dead. But he didn't stay dead. He died, was sown on the ground for three days, and resurrected on the third day, which is what we're celebrating today. For me, I know, I'm thinking about this. In 2015, I had some things die that died in my life. Five years ago, I had some things that not only I had to let go, but I had to let die for five years, and this year, 2020, there's, this year is a year where some of those things are resurrecting again, but not, they're not going to look the same. You guys, listen, when things die, when you die, when parts of you die in seasons like this, when you come out on the other side, it means you will not look the same. God does not want things to die only to resurrect again the same. He wants things to die so that you resurrect a different person, and you're going to come out of this season a new person, just like Jesus the body of Jesus died, was put in a tomb. But when he came back to life, people didn't even recognize him. He looked totally different. Mary, who was super close to Jesus, didn't even recognize Jesus. Just three days earlier, had witnessed the death of Jesus. And then three days later at the tomb and thinks he's the gardener. I mean, it just goes to show you that when a resurrection happens, you don't recognize yourself anymore. You don't recognize the people anymore the way that you did. You look different on the outside. And I believe you're going to come out of this season looking different in so many areas. Your finances will look different. Your marriages will look different. Your parenting will look different. Your prayer life will look different. Your business will look different. What you focus on will look different. Your priorities will look different. The rhythm of your life will look different. Your health will look different. There are mindsets that God wants to die in this season in quarantine so that he can resurrect you into a new person. I believe that with all all my heart. It says in Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, verse one, but very early on Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They had found that the same or that the stone that had been rolled away had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. 
The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. The men asked, these were angels obviously, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. You're gonna say that to your, you're gonna say that about yourself in this season. That when you come out of this season, you're gonna say, the old Sean isn't here. The old Susan is not here. The old Jamie's not here. The old version of you is not here anymore. There's a new version of you. And it's funny because not only did angels announce the greatest transition, the birth, the birth of Jesus the Messiah, the birth of John, the one who prepared the way for the Messiah, but angels also announced to the women. It's all about the women. Announced to the women that he is not here. And I believe there's going to be an increase of, I believe, angelic activity in this season over your life. The assistance from heaven is coming to, to you to announce to you, you're going to look different in this season. That the old version of you is not going to be the version of you that comes out in the next season. There's something amazing happening in this season. He says this, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, reminding them. Remember, remember Jesus said that he had to go through this to change the world. He had to go through this to restore humanity to himself. Remember all the conversations he had with you. Remember what he said to you back in Galilee? You're going to remember this message. Remember on April 12th, that message about quarantine revival and wombs and tombs and how we were, we're either in one or the other. We're in the womb of preparation or revelation and God is speaking to us or it's a season of the tomb for us and there's things dying so that a new part of us can resurrect. Remember what that message was. I believe you're going to be able to remember this message uh, three months from now, six months from now, however long we are in this state when we come out of it, we're going to remember. I believe that in this season, that one of the things you're going to quote is Philippians 3 verse 13, where he says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. There is a good future for you. There is a, there's a breakthrough on the other side of this quarantine for you. There's a breakthrough on the outside of this isolation. There is something that God wants to speak to you while you're in it so that you can apprehend it on the other side of it. You know, in the end of this whole season, right before Jesus died, right before Jesus died, gave up his spirit, he said, it is finished. He said, it is finished. What is he talking about? He's talking about all the work that you could never perform to do what you could never do. And that's the salvation of your soul. That is the ability to let him in and give him all of your life so you could be reconciled back to him, restored back to him. You know, they messed it up in the garden, way back in the garden of Eden. They chose independence from God. And then Jesus made a decision in the garden of Gethsemane to go to the cross and die a sinless death to be crucified literally in between two criminals and yet say to one criminal on his, on, on his one side that you're going to be with me today in paradise just because they chose to lean in. They chose to say, yes, it doesn't matter if you feel like the worst person out there. God's grace levels the playing field and God loves you unconditionally no matter what you've done. And the whole message of this Easter weekend is about the death and resurrection of Jesus so that you can be set free, so that you can come to new life. The old you passes away, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The old you passes away and all things become new. The Bible says you are a new creation. When you let Jesus into your life, you are a new creation. You are a new person from the inside out. The old you is no longer the version of you that you lived with 
The new version of you is God's version of you. God has stamped you with his approval. He stamped you as a conqueror. He stamped you as one who's going to win in 2020. You know, it says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. Yet while we were still in our junk, while we were still disconnected from God, doing stupid stuff, God died for you. But not only did he die for you, he resurrected to give you new life, to resurrect your life. And this is a season, I believe, where you're going to have a revelation and a realization that God has amazing plans in and through your life. I want you to imagine, imagine what Jesus went through. Imagine what he went through to give you new life. And if you could get yourself into what he went through to give you new life, I believe it will open you up. I mean, this guy, he carried like a a, a 110 pound crossbar on his back while he was being, you know, mocked and, and beaten. Right before that, he was lacerated with 39 lashes on his back with uh, uh, a whip made out of leather with bone, pieces of bone and shards of glass inside the whip. And he would, like, literally the whip would open up the, the skin and expose the organs. And then he was spit on. I mean, and yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And he had to go through this process for you. And he walked all the way up to this place to be crucified where they put seven inch nails in the most painful nerve called the median nerve in the wrist. And they nailed his feet to the cross and put a crown of thorns one to two inches thick. The, the thorns were one to two inches thick. And literally they, they hammered while they beat his face. They hammered the thorns into his, into his skull, creating obviously blood. And, and these thorns would have actually released a poison. And it's, it's a prophetic sign because his mind was poisoned to set your mind free from the poison of the world. His back was broken and whipped and lacerated and organs exposed so you could be healed. That's why it says the 39 stripes, the 39 lashes on his back were so you could be healed. And, and they, they, they literally, they, they put nails in his wrists. Some, you know, in the, in the, symbol, the symbolism there is the hands. And he literally got the nails in his hands so your hands would be purified. So your hands would be free. He literally got the nails in his feet so that you can walk the walk that you're called to walk. Everything he did was a substitute for you. He didn't just die for you. He died as you. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about the, about the gospel is he took your sin. The whole time he was going through all of this, all he could think of was you and you alone. I have to go through this. I'm thinking of you, you that are watching today, 2,000 years ahead of time. He's thinking of you that if I don't do this, you won't be able to be reconciled back to me. On the cross, they're mocking him. They're shouting at him, get down off the cross. And he's just there, not talking back to them, saying to God, God, forgive them for they do not know what they do. They have no idea what they're doing. He's bleeding. His shoulder is dislocated. His lungs are filling up with blood. His, his, uh, his body is in extreme shock at this point. And literally, he just keeps pouring out forgiveness, pouring out forgiveness, pouring out forgiveness. And then the last thing they did to, to just mock him even more and, and finish the deal was they put a spear in his side, a spear in his side, and out of his side spilled out water and blood. And the thing is, he was pierced in his side. Why? Because... I believe that he was, that you were called always to walk side by side with him. That's why the Bible says you are a co-heir. You're united as one, side by side, joined at the hip. 
The whole gospel message, everything that Jesus went through was a substitute to say, I'm not dying just for you. I am dying as you so that when you accept me into your life, we become one. I am in you and you are in me. We are united as one. You're a co-heir with Christ. This is the beautiful story of Easter weekend. But not only did it end there, he, they brought him into a tomb. And on the third day, he not only, he not only lived through death, he conquered death. On the third day, he resurrected again to give us new life. And maybe you're in this living room right now watching. Maybe you're watching from your bedroom or you're going to hear this after. If you've never let Jesus into your life, now is an opportunity. Now is an opportunity more than any other day of the year to say, man, like if there was ever a moment, it'd be right now to let him in and say yes. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. There'll be inner transformation that will happen. All you have to do is reach out and say yes this morning and say, yes, I want you in my life. I'm saying yes to forgiveness. I'm forgiving others, but I'm also receiving your forgiveness today. And if that's you right now, wherever you are, I want to pray for you. And if you would just say this with me, say, Jesus, I believe that you are God. I want you in my life today. On this Easter weekend, on Resurrection Sunday, I want to resurrect into new life. I want to come out of this quarantine bigger, better, stronger. I want to know you in relationship. Holy Spirit, Fill me. I want to know you for real in real relationship in Jesus' name. If you said that, I want you to reach out. If you prayed that today, I want you to reach out to someone in our chat room. Email us at prayer at kingdomculture.ca and we'll have some resources and people praying for you. If you have any prayer requests at all, we want to be there for you. This is, a, this is an amazing day, you guys. And I believe that we are being quarantined for revival. For the rest of us, I want to pray for you. I want to minister to you right now. Wherever you are, if you're sitting, you're standing, whatever the case may be, just open up your heart right now. Just just open up your heart, close your eyes just for a moment, and I want to pray. I want to pray for healing over you. I want to pray for new life over you. I want to pray whether you're in the womb of preparation or revelation or you're in the tomb of death and resurrection. I want to pray for you in this season during quarantine that God would have his way in and through you in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, I pray that right now you would overwhelm us. And that you would release just a, a revived heart over us, an energized heart over us this morning. God, I pray that in this season you'd heal our bodies, God. That you'd set our minds free, God. That you would, you would uh, remind us of who we are and what you have for us coming out of this season. Holy Spirit, I pray that in this season you would totally rock the boat of our lives. And that, God, we would get what you want us to get in this season. God, I pray that you'd restore bodies in this season. Restore bodies. God, just restore perspectives in this, this season. God, I pray that you would speak to us so clear that, God, you'd revive our heart towards the things that matter to you, the things that matter to you, God, community, putting you first in our families, our relationships, our lives, things that matter to you, like getting into the word. God, I pray that we'd be people that would get to know you for real. That, God, it wouldn't just be church once in a while. It wouldn't just be other people's faith that we live, live off of. But, God, that we would have our own experience, our own encounter in a real way in this season. I just pray that you'd overwhelm households right now. I pray. 
I pray that what's happening even in my kids and my family right now would come over every household right now, over every household in Jesus' name. God, I pray for a revived spirit, God. I pray for just wisdom to enter the home, revelation to enter the home. God, I pray for resur- resurrection life to enter the home, God. Marriages restored in this season, God. Kids restored back to their parents in this season. God, I pray that people would get to know you in a real way, kids, moms, and dads, and singles out there and married couples out there. God, I just pray that you would literally touch the home. God, that this season of quarantine, that we'd come out of this season feeling like, man, like something happened in the heart. Something happened inside of me that I can't explain. I'm coming out stronger. I'm coming out with fire. I'm coming out with passion. I'm coming out with perspective. I'm coming out with purpose in this season. I'm coming out locked and loaded. God, I pray that that would be what we would say about this season, that businesses would get stronger, that, ec- that, that the economy of our lives would get stronger. God, I pray that in this next season that you would pour out supernatural wisdom. I, just feel, I feel like right now there's some people, you're deeply discouraged. You're deeply discouraged. You're deeply, like I, I can feel it. You're just deeply discouraged right now. Some, somebody watching right now, you've just been so deeply discouraged about what's happened recently. And I just pray, I'm praying for you right now, especially for you, that God, you would show up to them where they're at and encourage them. You'd encourage them, that you'd give them the courage that they need, the perspective that they need, that as they get into you, I, I, my, my word for you is this, sometimes the only reason why discouragement stays is because we choose to lean into it more than leaning into God every day. It's easier to stay in that place of discouragement sometimes than come out of it and approach God. It's easier to stay in it than come out of it and get into the word and renew our mind. It's easier to stay in it than to reach out to community and call somebody. It's often easier because it's hard to be vulnerable with our discouragement at times. It's hard to be honest. And I just believe it for somebody watching right now, somebody specific, but I feel like whoever it is that connects to this, my prayer and my belief that in this season it would be as you lean in, as you lean in to get into the word in this season, pray, hang out with people, talk to people, even if it's online, FaceTime, and that discouragement will break, but you gotta lean in, you gotta take the step. Like the lepers, they cried out to Jesus. And then Jesus said, okay, I'll cleanse you, but it's as you take a step. It's as you go, get out, go, uh, show yourself to the priest, get out there, make yourself vulnerable. Because what if it doesn't happen? It was as they went, they were healed. And as you step into, as you go in this season, God's going to restore you. God's going to take that discouragement and replace it with great encouragement in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There's somebody watching right now, I believe there's something wrong with your kidneys, and I just see like God touching your kidneys right now. I see God touching your kidneys in a real way right now. I don't know what it is. Maybe you, you something malfunctioning right now in your kidneys. I just pray that you release healing over the kidneys right now, over the kidneys. And actually it's connected. I see it connected to your immune system as well. Your immune system's low right now. It's suffering right, right now. I just pray God for a strengthening of the immune system right now. In Jesus name, somebody's heart. I believe there's a, I see like, I see a heart. I see it pumping but it's pumping irregularly. And I believe God's gonna touch your heart right now. You have an, e, uh, an irregular heart. Uh, it's, it's something with, with your heart. It's like a palpitation of some sort. God's touching that, that heart issue right now. I see God cleaning up even some of the tubes, the, the tubes around the heart. 
the connections around the heart. God's touching. There's blockages that God is removing in this season. God's removing blockages right now. Somebody even just got uh, a recent potential diagnosis. And I just believe that God, God's diagnosis is not the diagnosis of the doctor's or the potential diagnosis, and God's literally restoring you right now in Jesus' name. The, di- the diagnosis you get the next time will not be the same diagnosis you got the first time in Jesus' name. I see God touching the feet right now, somebody's feet. I don't know if there's an issue, some sort of infection or, 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 or like uh, uh, almost like an alignment. There's an alignment and infection, some sort of an alignment issue with the bone structure of your feet, but also some sort of an infection. I don't know if it's... um. If it's like a, 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 some sort of a, a growth on the feet or something, but some sort of infection or growth, God's touching the feet right now and he's bringing alignment. Someone's, are you have issues with your arches? God's touching you right now in the name of Jesus. I believe that God's healing many people right now. Even if you're in the room, wherever you are right now, if you have an issue, if you have an issue in your body, just reach out and open your heart to receive healing right now. Somebody, you had an injury you had an injury in your left shoulder, an injury in your left shoulder, and it comes and goes, but it happened nine years ago. It happened nine years ago. Something happened. I don't know if you tore a rotator cuff or something. It happened nine years ago. You're a woman. You're a woman. It happened nine years ago. God wants to touch that left shoulder right now in Jesus name. And if that's you, maybe I, I'm not saying what it is specifically for you and you're watching. If you need a healing at all in your body right now, just put your hand on that place of your body, someone's throat, someone's throat. You just put your hand on your throat. God is touching your throat right now. I pray for God, whatever it is in the throat, God, something in the throat, God, I don't know if it's a sore throat or if there's actually a growth in the throat, a swelling in the throat. I actually see like God opening up the passageway. He's opening up the passageway. He's clearing the throat right now in Jesus' name. Someone's ear, your right ear. You're getting a deafness in your right ear. I see like a deafness that's been happening. It's been getting worse and worse in your right ear. God, I pray that you'd heal the right ear right now. You'd restore the hearing in Jesus' name. Take that hearing loss and restore it again. Restore it again. Remove that loss and give full hearing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody, I don't know what it is. You have a twitch. Somewhere in your face, there's a twitch in your face. There's some sort of a twitch that's on and off. I believe God wants to heal that twitch right now. I see like, a, like a, almost like a, a facial twitch being healed right now in Jesus' name. Just receive that by faith right now. I'm praying for you wherever you are. Maybe you're going to watch this later. Whoever, whoever it is that it is that, that's for, just put your hand on that area of the body. And I believe God is healing you right now supernaturally in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, digestive issues. I just pray for digestive issues right now that you'd restore digestive issues. Malfunctions in the intestinal tract. God, I pray that you'd restore uh, restore digestive issues in Jesus' name today. Amen. I just believe God's touching so many people right now. We'd love to hear it. If God is touching you, if God is healing you, send us an email. Let us know what's happening. Let us know. Um, if you watch this after, send us an email at prayer at kingdomculture.ca or even info at kingdomculture.ca. We'd love to celebrate with you. Actually, a better email is my story, my story at kingdomculture.ca. I love you guys. I'm praying for you in this season. We miss all of you. We can't wait to meet again and come face to face.